invite you to turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 7 as we begin a new series of messages. Yes. Oh, the kids. We need the kids. Sorry about that, Sky. Little one, you little guys, you're dismissed. Head to the fellowship hall there for self-control. Awesome. Luke chapter 7. We're entering into a new series of messages entitled Meals with the Master. Okay, that's where we're going. Meals with the Master. So today is message one, and then in the weeks coming, the next five weeks, we'll be looking at uh, Jesus Christ and the meals that he participated in. Okay? See, our, our purpose in this particular series is uh, not to uh, uncover new recipes. We're not going to be doing anything like that. Or, nor are we trying to discover new culinary ta uh, tactics or techniques. That's not our, our aim at all. But what we want to do in the next few weeks as we uh, enter into this series is that we want to learn about Jesus Christ. Okay? Because when he gathered for a meal with individuals, the divine one, the Savior, he showed up and he did some wonderful things. He exhibited some wonderful qualities and characteristics that we want to look at as we look at these various settings where a meal is involved. And, of course, in these particular settings where the meal was involved, Jesus shared wonderful truths and principles that we can latch on to and apply in our life as well. See, I've discovered, and you probably have discovered this too, one of the best ways to learn about a person is to have a meal with that individual. Sit down and have a meal, and you end up pushing back from the table, and you just sit there and you talk and you discuss, and you learn wonders and great things about an individual all around this particular meal. And so that's what we're going to do in the coming weeks. We're going to sit down and have a meal with Jesus, and we're going to learn about him as a person, as our God, as well as the stories and lessons he wants to share with us. So we're in Luke chapter 7, so I invite you to take your Bible, and let's look at Luke chapter 7. And I've got a number of verses here that I want to read for you. We're going to begin in verse 36, I believe it is. Yep, verse 36. Follow along, and uh, I'll read that for you. Now, one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him. So he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. When a woman who had lived a sinful life in that town learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house, she brought an alabaster jar of perfume, and as she stood behind him at his feet weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. When the Pharisee who had invited Jesus saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him and what kind of woman she is, that she is a sinner. Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to tell you. Tell me, teacher, he said. Two men owed money to a certain moneylender. One owed him 500 denarii and the other 50 Neither of them had the money to pay him back, so he canceled the debts of both. Now, which of them will love more? Simon replied, I suppose the one who had a bigger debt canceled. 
you have judged correctly, Jesus said. Then he turned toward the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I came into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman, from the time I entered, has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, for she loved much. But he who has been forgiven little, loves little. Then Jesus said to her, your sins are forgiven. The other guests began to say among themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. In this particular passage this morning, this is how it's going to break up just for you to follow along with. We have an invitation that is offered in verse 36. And then we follow the invitation with an intrusion. And lastly, Jesus follows up the intrusion with some instruction. So using that as our outline this morning, let's uh, work through this particular story and see what we can learn as we seat ourselves around the table in fellowship with Jesus himself. Jesus is invited there in verse 36. He receives an invitation from a Pharisee. A Pharisee, of course, was the one considered the religious elite of that time. They're the ones who uh, walked around pridefully thinking they had it all together. They were the religious ones, and everybody else missed the mark. That's who invited Jesus to this particular dinner. That's the kind of gentleman he is. And we're also told in verse 40 that his name is Simon. Simon invited Jesus to his home for a meal. Typically, our intention when we invite somebody for a meal is to get to know them. Come on over, have a meal, let's talk, let's get to know one another. However, what we will soon discover here in our story is that Simon, Simon, he has really no intention at all about learning who Jesus really is. And we'll see that in a few minutes. Well, after we have this particular invitation, we have what we call the intrusion. And so we continue our story in verses 37 and 38, and here's the intrusion. Again, follow along, and I'll read about the intrusion. When a woman who had lived a sinful life in that town learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house, that is Simon, she brought an alabaster jar of perfume, and as she stood behind him at his feet weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. This is an awkward situation. Imagine yourself there. You were invited over to Simon's house. Going to sit down for a good, wonderful meal. And then all of a sudden, in comes this lady. It's a lady that everybody knows about, all right? She's a woman with questionable character. And she slips into this dinner party. And her objective is is that she wants to see Jesus. 
I believe that she wanted to talk to Jesus. I think she had some things she wanted to share with Jesus. But overcome with emotion, all she could do was cry. And cry she did. The tears, they flowed down from her eyes over her face and they fell to the floor and rested upon Jesus' feet. Realizing that she was making a mess, she stopped and she stooped down and she began to dry his feet. Of course, she didn't have a towel, so she uses her long hair to dry Jesus' feet. And after she has dried his feet, she begins to kiss his feet. And finally, as a gesture of love, she takes the perfume that she has and that alabaster jar, she breaks the jar open and she pours the perfume on his feet. Again, a demonstration of humility, of love, as well as honor for Jesus. Again, imagine yourself sitting there. You're at the table. You're sitting there, and this lady of questionable character approaches Jesus and just starts sobbing. I mean, typically when somebody starts crying, we all get kind of nervous, don't we? You get, it gets awkward, don't it? Because we don't know what to do. We don't know what to say. And that's what's taking place here. Do you sense that strangeness? Do you sense, do you feel the awkwardness of that setting, that situation that's taking place? Strange things happen at dinner time. Imagine yourself now. Let's use it. Let's try something. Here's a story for you. It's a story about a preacher who went to a church to hold some revival meetings, and he was invited over to this one particular lady's house. This particular lady was a saint. I mean, she loved God. And she was an awesome cook. So this woman put on a feast. And each time the pastor would clean his plate, she was there to put more food on his plate. He was full. And he was busting at the seams. And he finally persuaded the lady, please, I've had my fill. I, I can't have any more. So she collected the plate and the silverware and she scurried off to the kitchen. But to his dread, she returned from the kitchen with a healthy slice of apple pie. Well, not wanting to offend the ladies, the preacher somehow managed to eat this pie. No sooner had he wiped his mouth with his napkin, the dear lady returned with another slice of pie, just as big as the last one. As she gave it to him, the phone rang in the other room, and so she had to excuse herself and answer that phone. The pastor, he knew that he only had a little time left. I mean, he was stuffed. He couldn't eat it. He didn't want to offend her. And he only had a little bit of time, so he's trying to figure out, what can I do here? I can't eat this. What am I going to do? Well, looking around the room, he saw that there was a window that was open. So before she returned, he grabbed the pie, and he gave her a fling out the window. But to his dread, the window had a screen on it. Strange things happen at dinner time. The strange thing here at our particular dinner this morning with Jesus is that we have 
a lady of questionable character. Some believe she was a prostitute, and she comes to the dinner party. Well, Jesus moves then from this intrusion to instruction. Jesus doesn't waste the moment. So we continue our story here and follow along. We're looking at verse 39. Well, here's, here's the instruction that Jesus shares. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, now you see this? This is quietly. He's saying this to himself. If this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him and what kind of woman she is. But she's a sinner. So Simon has disdain. Do you sense it? Do you see it there? He's not saying it out loud. He's just saying it to himself. But Jesus is really who he says he is. He would know that this woman is a sinner. And Jesus answered, Simon, I have something to tell you. Not only does Jesus know who this sinner is, this woman, Jesus, the all-knowing, heard Simon's thoughts. Simon, I have something to tell you, Jesus says. Tell me, teacher, he said. Two men owed money to a certain moneylender. One owed him 500 denarii, the other 50. Neither of them had the money to pay him back, so he canceled the debts of both. Now, which of them will love him more? Simon replied, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt canceled. You've judged correctly, Jesus said. A denarii was one day's wage. Okay. So to pay off these debts, the one guy would have to work 500 days, excuse me, 50 days, and then the other one would be 500 days. So we're looking at like two months to pay off a debt versus over a year and a half to pay off a debt. And who would probably feel more honored, feel more loved to be forgiven? No doubt the guy with the $500 debt. Simon is self-righteous. And Simon sees himself as better than Jesus. He sees himself better than this woman. And this truth is revealed in his actions. In Simon's actions, Simon violates three cultural hospitality rules or principles. And these are not just oversight on Simon's part. Simon is sticking it, sticking it to Jesus here. All right? Let's look at it. First, Simon did not provide water so that Jesus could wash his feet. During that culture, during that time, when the guests came to the home, they provided a basin of water where they could wash their feet. And rightly so, because what were they wearing at that time? Sandals, right? Dirty feet. But Simon did not offer a basin of water to his guests. But yet, what are we told? The lady washed Jesus' feet with her tears. Secondly, Simon did not greet and welcome Jesus with a kiss. You've heard of the holy kiss and so forth. Um, that was how they greet him. We do a handshake. But when Jesus came into Simon's home, Simon didn't kiss him. Simon didn't offer the, you know, the, the right hand of fellowship and shake his hand. He didn't do any of those things. But Jesus says, you didn't offer to shake my hand or kiss me, Simon, but 
this lady that you do not like? She hasn't stopped kissing my feet since arriving. Number three, Simon did not anoint Jesus' head with oil, which is a blessing uh, symbolizing you know, acceptance and welcome as well as honor. You are an honored guest, and so they would anoint their head with oil. Simon, he didn't do any of that. But we're told here in the story that the woman poured perfume on Jesus' feet, anointed him with this perfume. So what we learn here is that Simon intentionally abused the rights of hospitality because he saw Jesus as inferior to himself. We could say that Simon thumbed his nose at Jesus. And because of this self-righteousness, this pride, because of this disrespect displayed by Simon, Simon missed out on two wonderful gifts. He missed out on forgiveness, and Simon missed out on salvation. good place to learn about an individual or a family is to gather around the dinner table and share a meal together. And it's in that setting that we learn wonderful things about each other. Here's what we learn about Jesus as he sits around the table of Simon. Number one, Jesus will always go where he is invited. Jesus will go where he is invited. Je Jesus knew that Simon had ulterior motives. Jesus knew that Simon was going to be disrespectful. But I believe Jesus thought, you know, if there's a chance that I can touch Simon's heart, I'm going to take it. Jesus will always go where he is invited. You may be wondering, would Jesus come to my house? If he knew what was going on in my home, would Jesus come to my home? Yes, he would. Invite him. Invite him. Number two, Jesus always has time to be interrupted. He always has time to be interrupted. That's good to know, isn't it? Because oftentimes my prayer is the SOS type. How about you? And if God was to say, hey, Brian, man, just a second here. I'm finishing my sandwich. Man, I'd be in a heap of trouble. But he's always willing to be interrupted. You matter that much. You have the privilege, you do have the right to interrupt God. And lastly, Jesus accepts you regardless of your past. Jesus accepts you regardless of your past. Some people know things about our past. There are some things about our past that we have kept hidden 
nobody knows about. That hidden one, the one that's hiding, that past, past choice, that past whatever it was, Jesus still accepts him. He still wants him. That's the Jesus we came to hear. Father, thanks again for being that type of God. You go where you're invited. You don't mind being interrupted. Regardless of how it comes. Mighty.